Today's show is sponsored by CBT Nuggets. We know that Cloudcast listeners are curious about technologies, but how are you really learning to master the technologies needed to be a cloud expert? You know, when Aaron and I got started, we had to buy books, set up labs, find experts, and then hope something didn't crash. CBT Nuggets makes it easy to either get hands-on skills or get certified with the latest cloud technologies. Whether it's AWS, Azure, cloud automation, security, or app dev, CBT Nuggets has you covered. What I really liked about CBT Nuggets is the online instructors are both knowledgeable and they keep it interesting. Their courses have built-in test questions, virtual coaching to help plan your certification path, and I can always jump into a virtual lab to get hands-on at any time. Check it out at cbtnuggets.com cloudcast to sign up for a free learner account. This unlocks tons of great training, and you'll be entered into a drawing for a free six-month premium subscription. That's cbtnuggets.com cloudcast. Cloudcast Media presents, from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina, this is The Cloudcast with Aaron Delb and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome back to The Cloudcast. We are coming to you live from the massive Cloudcast studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina. Today, we're doing another Sunday Perspectives edition, and uh, you know, I thought I've been seeing quite a bit of folks changing jobs. I know there's been uh, a lot of pent-up demand. Uh, you know, a lot of people kind of get anxious, especially after the pandemic, you know, looking for new things. Um, in a lot of cases, we've seen, uh, you know, companies are beginning to uh, expand out their footprint of where they'll allow people to work. And, and that's really kind of changed the the dynamics of, uh, of what's possible for people and what they're looking for and uh, some jobs they may not have been interested in before they may not be interested in now um, you know we're seeing some uh, demand in certain areas for uh, certain skill sets and that's driving up the, the job market and salaries and so forth so you know we're seeing quite a few people moving around uh, it's not unusual we tend to see it a little bit in the spring and then we tend to see it again in the fall at least in the tech industry and uh, and I thought maybe today on the tech perspective you know on the Sunday perspectives maybe we'd do a show um, you know based on just you know some of our experiences, uh, having been around this industry for, for a while, uh, coming up on a couple decades now, I'm just sort of surviving the tech industry. Uh, you know, it's, it's a, um, you know, it's a tough job. It, it's tough to do these things. Computers, uh, aren't, aren't always easy. They don't always work. Um, there's a lot of demand. There's a lot of demand for, for growth and fast paced. And, uh, you know, we tend to work very long hours. So I thought maybe I would do a sort of 10 lessons for surviving the tech industry. Some things that we've learned over the years, some advice we would give to people, especially just where, you know, in the context of people, you know, again, kind of going through that, that job cycle. So this isn't necessarily specific for people that are senior looking to change jobs. This is sort of a, a kind of a common of you know some advice on you know finding the right job earlier in your career, um, some advice around you know how to think about money and salary and and bonuses and perks and stuff throughout your career, and then also sort of how do you think about your career on a longer scale. So we're going to get to that right after the break. Today's show is sponsored by Turbonomic. Apps on Cloud Summit, hosted by Turbonomic, is a new action-packed, not a conference happening online May 11th through the 13th. It's for everyone who makes applications in the cloud run. From IT leaders to DevOps pros to folks just like you. Join us to learn from some of the best, like Kelsey Hightower and Corey Quinn. Register now at turbonomic.com slash cloudcast. And there's a swag box ready to ship for the first 2,000 registrants. Don't miss it. Register now at turbonomic.com slash cloudcast. Today's show is sponsored by Datadog, a real-time monitoring platform that unifies metrics, logs, and distributed request traces from your cloud containers and orchestration software. Track the health and performance of your dynamic containers, apps, and services with rich visualizations and machine learning-driven events. 
Datadog's cluster agent streamlines data collection from large container clusters and allows you to auto-scale Kubernetes workloads based on any metric you're already collecting with Datadog. To start monitoring your container clusters, sign up for a free trial today, and Datadog will send you a free t-shirt. Visit datadog.com slash cloudcast to get started. That's datadog.com slash cloudcast. And we're back. And as I mentioned in the top of the show, uh, you know, we thought maybe we could uh, share some of the experiences that both uh, Aaron and I have have gone through the last, you know, 10 so years of, of doing the Cloudcast. Um, you know, I think if we look back at those, even those last 10 years, and not only has there been, you know, a lot of change in the technology landscape, but, um, you know, we've gone through a lot of change. I think probably between the two of us, we've probably probably had somewhere between uh, a dozen or so jobs between the two of us, um, sometimes at the same company, sometimes, you know, moving around companies. Um, Aaron's been through an acquisition. I've been through an acquisition. Uh, we've had some good jobs. We've had some bad jobs. We've had a few that, you know, we, we stayed at for long periods of time. Others, uh, we, you know, we stayed at for just a few months. Um, you know, and, and we've both been on the perspective of, uh, you know, having done um, some very hands-on things from a technical perspective, uh, as well as, you know, kind of been down the manager path and the, the leadership path as well. So I think we can bring some some pretty decent perspective on this. Um, and again, you know, everybody's mileage will vary and, you know, don't take anything as sort of absolutes. But uh, I, I want to kind of walk through what I think are sort of 10 lessons to think about for just sort of, I'll call it surviving in the tech industry. Because as I mentioned at the top of the hour, uh, top of the show, um, you know, it can be a brutal, it can be a brutal industry. Um, you know, you've got a lot of personalities to deal with. You've got complicated technologies. You've got demand uh, growth at, at pace, which sometimes is, is kind of crazy. So let me sort of stop. start at the top. I'm going to start with the first one. And these are in no particular order. These were just sort of, um, you know, I wrote these down and I was thinking about them. I tried to mix between things that are job specific, uh, monetary ways of thinking about stuff and some stuff for your career. So I'm going to kind of mix all these together and uh, I may actually have a bonus one at the end. We may actually get to 11. First one I've got is, you know, some suggestions would be, you know, earlier in, in your career, um, you know, you're coming out of college, you're in your, still in your twenties. Um, you know, a couple of things. Number one, try and get a certification, um, some sort of certification uh, that will sort of tell the world that um, you have a level of expertise in something because, you know, you may not get a chance to get as much hands-on as you want to have, but there are plenty of great places you can get certifications. Uh, folks like CBT Nuggets, who's one of our sponsors, is does a great job with that. Uh, a Cloud Guru, who we've worked with before for some of the cloud things. Um, you know, the O'Reilly uh, does some certifications, and also there's lots of really great certifications out there. And what this really does for potential employers, and it's good for your resume, is it kind of tells the world, okay, there's this is something that that you are capable of doing. Um, they've validated you. You've you've established that you're able to learn to a certain proficiency. And the other part of this one, I would say, is you know work on something mainstream. Um, you know, I know it's it's always fun to talk about the new cool shiny object and so forth, but um, you know try and find something that you're working on, something that's fairly mainstream, something that um, you know a lot of different companies will use that technology, or it's a functional area that um, you know if things don't work out at the current job you're in, um, you can work on uh, you can work at that somewhere else. So early in your career. Um, you don't want to sort of find a, a just a niche for yourself. It makes it difficult to find jobs. It makes it difficult to sort of have the best alignment between where you want to live and the job you have and so forth. So, um, you know, it may not be always the, you know, the most glamorous kind of cool stuff, but, you know, find some good foundational things early on in your career. Second one I've got is 
you know, again, early in your career, it's okay to take risks on companies, right? You, uh, you know, you may not necessarily get a chance to work at that big vendor you want to work at, or the bank that you want to work at, or, you know, the, the, the big company in your, in your, in your town. Um, but you want to kind of take, you know, consider a couple of risks. And I would say, you know, think about them in, in two, uh, two things, you know, where you want to take risks early in your career are things that are able to either get you a lot of experience, um, sort of in, in a in a depth scenario. So you're going to get a chance to really dive into databases. You're going to become a an awesome DBA. You're going to sit. You're going to scale them. You're going to size them up. You're going to get to work in difficult situations, or um, it could be anything, right? It could be on the developer side of things. It could be as a as an architect. Uh, but you you know if you can get a, a level of depth in something, maybe it's in a certain domain, right? You're going to work in healthcare, or you're going to work in finance, or something. Um, that's always a great sort of uh, risk to take or a chance to take is an area where you can really really get deep on something. It's going to be tough to learn it. You know, it's going to be a, a steep learning curve. Or the other side of it is to get a. Uh, lot of breath in what you're doing. So maybe you're going to take a chance to work at a startup and they're saying, look, you're going to have to wear three or four different hats. You're going to have to do some marketing. You're going to have to do some um, hands-on technical stuff. You're going to give demos. You're going to talk to customers. You're going to work with the product management team. Like those are great opportunities early on too. Because again, you're going to be in over your head, um, but you know you learn on the job. You're willing to take a lot of, you know, you're willing to take on different things, and it's a great opportunity to learn different businesses, understand how they work, understand kind of the nuances that go on between different functional areas. Um, you know, so early on in your career, it's 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 not a bad idea to take some risk. Um, obviously, you don't have you know as big a commitment for things like families, and you know if things don't necessarily work out, um, you know maybe you haven't bought a home or something like that. So um, you know either if you can get uh, a level of depth is great or if you can get a level of breadth is really important and again i go back to that you know find some things that are could be foundational for your career for many many years to come the third one i have on my list is sort of a misperception we have in tech sometimes because we hear a lot about it uh, as headlines and news and so forth is you know most people in the tech industry and again this is whether you work at the vendor side of things or you're on the customer side of things or somewhere in between your systems integrator or somewhere um, most people don't get those huge, huge cash outs, you know, an IPO or an acquisition or, you know, massive, massive numbers of stock options. Now, there are some and, you know, we like we often hear a lot about those, you know, a millionaire, billionaire, whatever it is. But if you do get a chance to to hit that uh, hit that lottery and it happens sometimes, right, it may happen once in your career, may happen twice, may never happen. But if it does happen and here's my advice and some people would say, well, this is sort of too conservative, but sort of bank it. Think about you know giving yourself some options because the thing in tech is that you're going to hit some highs, you're going to hit some lows, you're going to have some good managers, some bad managers. Um, if you get a chance to bank uh, some money that's you know a year's worth of salary, two, three, four years worth of salary all in once, um, put it away into something, right? Put it away into something that gives you some flexibility and options, and that, those things might be you know, a purchase of a home or something. It might be putting the money away. Um, but, you know, give, understand that there's going to be some some lean times in tech and there's going to be some very good times. And if you do get a chance to get that that big payout, um, you know, don't, uh, don't necessarily go uh, sort of blowing it all of a sudden, assuming that, you know, these things are just going to keep happening. And and that mindset happens a lot. We do see a lot of people who are like, hey, you know, my first company IPO'd, we made a ton of money. I'm going to keep doing that. And, you know, that doesn't necessarily happen or it doesn't necessarily happen as frequently as you might think if you're just watching the news and reading the press. Fourth thing I have on my list is what I'll call have a side hustle. Um, you know, and, and 
I'll use an example that, you know, which is just Aaron and I, you know, we started doing this podcast um, really as a, as an opportunity for us to do a couple things uh, to meet more people in the community. It allowed us to explore a lot of new technologies. Um, it allowed us to work on our communication skills. So it was different than we were doing in our day-to-day job. It sort of forced us to uh, to stretch ourselves, to do something outside of where we were going. Um, and, it'll, and it sort of made us get uncomfortable. And I always recommend sort of that side hustle. And, you know, if you can end up turning it into something that, um, that you can monetize, that's even better. Because what that's going to probably do is it's going to give you a mix of both business skills and technical skills. And ultimately, you do want to get to that point where you can have conversations, you understand the nuances of both being on the business side of technology, as well as the technology side of technology. The fifth one is probably the most important one of, of anything on my list. And this is something that Aaron and I have, have always said, um, you know, if, if there's one characteristics of the Cloudcast is that we are technically curious. Um, you know, one of the things that I learned very early on in my career was working in technical support at Cisco. And they said, you know, the best thing you can do to survive in this company and, and thrive in this company is learn how to learn right? There will be new technologies that come along every six months, every year, every couple of years. You want to learn some habits about how to learn these new things, right? You don't have to know everything, but you want to learn how to learn and being able to learn how to learn, have a framework for how you do that. You know, how do I, how do I scope out something new? How do I go figure out uh, how to find experts in it? How do I learn to spend enough time reading about it or getting hands-on with it? If you can learn how to do those things, as new stuff comes along, it won't intimidate you. Um, it won't make you, you know, kind of feel self-conscious of like, oh, this new technology is going to put my old skills out of business or, you know, make me obsolete, right? Learning how to learn is probably the most important thing you can do in this industry. And again, it doesn't all have to be technical, but it's trying to learn a mindset, trying to learn habits, trying to learn a framework for learning is super, super important. Um, sixth thing on my list is find a community of people, whether that's online or you know, live in person, could be local to you, could be people you meet at events and so forth, that can become either your mentors, uh, your sounding board, or just people that you can sort of trust. Because there's going to come a time in this industry when you're working and you're like, I need to I need to spill the tea with some people. I need to bounce some ideas off them. Maybe you're looking at a new job and you're like, hey, what do you think about this one? This one sounds interesting, but do you know those people? Do you know anything about this space? Do you know anything about that company? Um, you know, you want to have some people that you can trust with, um, you know, saying, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this stuff. Can you help me on some things? Or I'm thinking about taking this new sort of big leap. I'm moving from a technical role to a more managerial role. Um, what do I need to do to be successful? Right. So you want to find those kind of people that, you know, sometimes they're going to be, um, you know, in your career path. Sometimes they're going to be a little bit outside of that. Uh, but you just want to kind of make friends with those folks, find a community of people that you can trust, that you can ask questions to, um, you know, and that you can, um, you know, kind of commiserate with sometimes or bounce ideas off and so forth. So that's really, really important. You know, maybe that's a handful of people. It might be two people. It might be 10 people, whatever that is. Um, that's really, really important to foster over the years. Seventh thing I have on my list is, you know, as you're working, as you're working in organizations, um, you want to try and find managers that are going to support you, that encourage you and that promote you. And by that, what I mean is I had a conversation early on when I first became a manager um, with some people that were on my team and they said, hey, you know, what's my career path? And I think the response to that is you don't expect the company you work for or the manager you work for to define your career path. Um, what you want to be able to do is 
tell them where you'd like to go. Um, and in some cases, you're not going to know what that is. You're right. You might be saying, hey, I'm in this job. Uh, I could become a senior version of this job or a principal version of this job. But like, what happens after that? Like, is there a path for me? And, and this is where you really want to find managers who not only uh, challenge you, you know, give you difficult challenges, give you interesting projects, um, pair you up with other smart people to learn from, um, give you an opportunity to, to shine, if you will. You want people that will uh, talk about you to their peers, that are going to talk, they're going to take the things that you do that help the team and give you credit for it. And then the third thing you're really looking for is, you know, do they teach you skills? Do they put you in opportunities in which, you know, your career path may not necessarily be in their track, right? So I'll give you an example. I used to run a technical marketing team and I used to tell folks, I said, look, the thing about technical marketing is you wear a lot of hats. You've got to be technical. You've got to get hands-on. You've got to be able to demonstrate things. You've got to be able to build things, but you've got to be able to communicate. You've got to be able to write. You've got to be able to present. Um, You've got to know a little bit about the business as well as the technology. And I said, those kind of skills, depending on which ones you like the most, are things that could take you in a lot of different directions. They could take you more on the sales side of an organization. You could go deeper into the technology if you wanted to. You could eventually learn to, to you know, be in manager track and be in leadership track and so forth. Um, you may want to be more on the communication side and marketing side of things, right? So there's a lot of different paths that, that groups can take. Um, but what you're looking for is managers who are helping you learn some new skills that are going to encourage you, going to promote you, um, and that are going to help, you know, help you have opportunities to take those next steps. Uh, eighth one I had on my list was something I have a conversation with people a lot of times, especially as they grow in their career uh, and they get better at things, is they tend to go, well, um, you know, I want a great job. I want to live where I want to live. I want to make a lot of money. I want to have a big title, um, you know, and I want to work on cool things. And I always come back to them and I say, look, which of those things, you know, sort of title, salary, job scope, or location are the most important to you? Because in most cases, you only get to pick two. Sometimes it's three and you have to live with maybe not loving the other one or the other two. And so, you know, as you're looking at, you know, your career path, as you're looking at opportunities, keep that in mind, right? You don't very rarely do you get to pick the best of title, salary, the scope of your work, where you're going to work. They don't, very, very rarely do you ever kind of get the sweet spot of all those things. You're typically having to make some sort of trade off. Now, ninth thing we have on my list is most people, um, you know, when they get into bad situations, and both Aaron and I have been in bad situations, um, you know, not physically bad, but sort of, you know, they just weren't great situations. They were the wrong personality mix. They were uh, the wrong scope of work. You know, we sort of got misled about what it was or we misunderstood what it was, whatever those things are you tend to leave bad managers. You don't tend to leave the company, right? Tend, you know, unless it's a really tiny company, in which case the manager is the entire scope of what you do, you tend to leave bad managers. And it's not a terrible thing to leave a bad manager, right? Um, you know, I've had jobs where literally I got to the job and on the first day I called my spouse and I said, honey, I'm either going to be in this job for five days, five weeks, or five months, but it probably won't be any anything beyond that. And I knew right away. And it was something that, you know, I tried to work through uh, with the manager, but, you know, you just kind of, there was a difference between the interview process and the job itself. Or maybe you get transferred to a different manager and you just sort of know right away, like, this isn't going to work. So, you know, I, I never recommend that folks stick around with bad managers. Um, you know, it can be, I don't want to say it's, it can be abusive, but it can be, it can be mentally taxing. And it can also be something that, um, you know, you can 
find yourself getting into bad behaviors. You, you tend to act out, you tend to get frustrated, you tend to send that email that you shouldn't have sent and so forth. So, you know, be careful when you get into situations with bad managers. Um, and again, they may not be bad people. It's just a bad fit between you and them. And, and that's a situation in which, you know, in some cases you want to work directly with them, but in other cases, you know, you want to have that, that mentor group that you have to be able to go, Hey, am I crazy? Right. Should I be looking for something else? And again, um, you know, the general rule of thumb is like, don't leave a job within a year, but if you're really in a bad situation, especially, you know, in tech with so much going on and people now being able to work in multiple places, um, you know, if you don't have the right fit and you just feel like this is never going to work out, um, it's okay to, to go look for something else. Um, tenth one I have in my list is, you know, one that probably not everybody's going to have the same opinion, um, but we're, it's on work-life balance. And at the end of the day, work-life balance is hard, right? Trying to find a good balance between those things. And, and this is something that will really change over the course of your career, uh, over the course of, you know, having a family, having relationships outside of work, um, having kids, uh, deciding where you're going to live, um, how much money you make, what the role is. But work-life balance is very hard, and there's really no right answer, right? People will always say, well, try and find good work-life balance, or, you know, don't work more than 40 hours a week, or, you know, don't take calls late at night. Well, the reality is, you know, there are times when you have to sort of bend those rules. Sometimes you have to break those rules. Um, the thing that we've, we, Aaron and I both tend to find is that there are times in your career, especially in tech, and this goes all the way back to the one I, you know, talked about number three, right? Not everybody cashes out on things, but once in a while you get lucky. You, you're in the middle of a wave. You're at the beginning of a big technology wave. And, you know, the guidance that we typically give is when you get in those situations, those are good things to ride. Because again, your career is going to go up and down and you're going to have times when you really are passionate about it. You want to work late hours. You want to get something done. Other times you're not as motivated. But if you do get a chance to ride one of those waves, um, you know, that's a time when, when, you know, you may want to take a risk and say, hey, I'm going to work more hours. I'm going to work some weekends. I'm, I'm going to, you know, prioritize work over life. Other times when, you know, things are just sort of blah, they're sort of vanilla, they're sort of, you know, status quo, you know, you're going to balance more towards life. And again, you know, this is where, you know, you got to keep things in the back of your mind. Don't let your health get bad. Don't let your relationships with family and friends get bad. But, you know, again, there's no run right answer for work-life balance, right? It's going to depend on the situation. Um, and this is where, again, you want to be making decisions, but you also want to have people, um, you know, that you can trust, that you can bounce things off of that are, that are kind of watching over you and going, hey, you know, you're kind of getting a little askew, right? Maybe you're, you're getting out of where you should be and, and keeping that in, in, uh, in balance. So those are the 10 that we had. Uh, the one last one that I have, I'll sort of call it a bonus, number 11, if you will. Um, you know, I, I can't stress this enough, whether you're in more technical roles or you're in leadership roles or you're somewhere in between, um, constantly work on your communication skills. And those could be written communication skills, those could be building slides and storytelling. It doesn't have to be slides, but storytelling. Um, you know, at the end of the day, most people really don't understand technology. They really struggle to understand it. Um, but technology is part of every decision we make these days. And the more and more you can be helpful in helping to bridge the gap between what's what's needed in the business, what are the opportunities in the business, and what's possible in technology. What's realistic? What's pragmatic? What's 
you know, what's hype versus reality um, and being able to communicate that, whether you're communicating that in a great demonstration and you're, and you're showing people what's possible, maybe you built some sort of prototype or you're communicating it as a story. Maybe it's through slides, maybe it's through something you wrote, right? You're writing a, an Amazon six pager, or you're writing a great email or whatever it might be. Um, work on your communication skills, right? The people that I've seen over time, especially as they get older in their career, the ones who are poor communicators that continue to sort of be introverts, um, they struggle with it. And, you know, they struggle to sort of, uh, you know, kind of stand out in the crowd. The ones who work on it, and not everybody's an extrovert by nature. I'm, I know I'm not for sure. Aaron is a little more extroverted than I am. But, um, you know, it's something that you can get better at. You can definitely get better at. And, and again, it doesn't matter what part of the business you're in, right? You're going to end up having good ideas, things that you're passionate about. You want to be able to communicate those and get other people to get behind your ideas and be part of those waves and so forth. So with that, I'm going to kind of wrap up uh, this Sunday perspective, sort of 10 lessons in surviving the tech industry. Hope these were helpful. Um, you know, if anybody ever wants to reach out and, and ask questions, we're always happy to sort of give some advice or give some feedback. If you're in these situations and you're like, hey, you know, I'm not really sure where to go or have you ever seen this situation, feel free to reach out to us. Uh, you can reach out to us on Twitter or DMs or show at thecloudcast.net. We're always happy to help. And uh, with that, I'm going to wrap up. Hope everybody enjoyed the show. Hope you enjoyed the Sunday perspectives. If you get a chance, tell a friend about the show. Uh, we'd love to keep growing the community. If you get a chance, uh, like and subscribe the podcast. If you get a chance to give us a feedback, uh, you know, five-star rating or a, an actual written review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you get your podcast, we would love that as well. So with that, I'm going to wrap up and we will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to The Cloudcast. Please visit thecloudcast.net to find more shows, show notes, videos, and everything social media. 